Now on Radio Italia Uno. It's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. An hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business. Right now, on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Okay, hello, 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 good morning, good afternoon and good night. And the reason why we say good morning, good afternoon and good night is because we are here in Adelaide from 2 till 3 every Monday, but we are podcasted thanks to Ron and Karen from Podcast City. We are podcast around the world and at the moment, very happy to say that there's at least 40 countries that are listening to us or hear it in their time zone. That's why I say good morning, good afternoon and good night and thank you very much for listening here in Adelaide and around the world. Thanks to Podcast City, people can actually hear this uh, in their own time zone and also uh, rehear it because I've often said people have asked questions about a program or whatever. Now they can go back and just listen to it over again. And even if you're here in Adelaide or anywhere in Australia, please go back, listen to it, share it, let your friends know. And that's how we've got to the 40 countries we're in. Different universities and students that we've spoken to from different uh, universities and lecturers have uh, called us, talked to us. We've done different Skype calls and we've had them here on the television. We can see them on the screen and say hello to them all. And that's how our program's going. But I've had some really good information from uh, Bhutan this week and also Nepal. There's a couple of people over there. It's really, really interesting how, and I thank you, every one of you that shared this program because by sharing it with somebody else, then they get the idea that they also can do it. And we've had people here, um, a few weeks ago, we had a young man who had started eight different businesses, you know, and and grew like a little chain of restaurants and and, uh, coffee shops. And, and it was really interesting the way he just kept going and going and going and growing. And then people were coming to him and say, hey, we have a location here. Would you like to have that location? We've got a, a shopping centre. Would you like to come into our shopping centre? We've got you know, a precinct down here. Would you like to come into our precinct? And all of a sudden, he was getting offers from people all around to invite him to come in. And the same thing happened. He was getting partnership offers, you know, saying, oh, look, I can't do it by myself, but I'd love you to help me. And he started mentoring other people. So it was really, really interesting. The calls that I got last week and and the emails I got were saying, thank you for sharing that because they never thought that they would be able to do it in their country. You know, and now I said, if it works here, it works anywhere. And and look, this old saying is that I've in in Frank Sinatra's song, you know, New York, New York. He says, if I can make it in New York, I can make it anywhere. But we know for a fact that if you can make it in Adelaide, you can make it anywhere in the world. And that's exactly what's happening. And that's what I want to say to everybody listening. If people here in Adelaide are doing it, believe me, you can do it in your country or in your location or whatever. And if you need help. Give us a call. We'll help you. We'll tell you. We'll put you in touch with the people that have done it. Now, my special guest today is a very, very interesting man. I met him some time ago, end of last year, and I thought, wow, this is a chap that I'd love to bring onto the program because of what he was saying, what he's done. Oh, we actually met you a long time ago through network marketing or something like that, I think. Uh, as well a long time ago, but or networking, you know, socialising, networking and business. But my guest today is Dr. Martin Andrews. Uh, so Dr. Martin, we'd like to welcome you to the program. Welcome to Radio Italia Uno and Happy Business Radio. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Now, Martin, tell us a little bit about what you do. I mean, on your business card here, you're a consultant, you're a mentor, you've got quality, safety, environment, and, and it just goes on and on and on. And you've been a general manager and processing and a whole lot of other stuff that you've been doing. So you tell us what your main thing is now. Okay. What I do now, Peter, is I help organisations or businesses improve and become better mm-hmm. by applying the international standards or management system standards for quality, safety, environment, and information security, and applying them in a way that's sensible, common sense, and works for that particular business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, as I say to my clients, these standards are common sense, and if you treat them that <laughs> way, they, they will really work for you, and, and you'll use them to improve your organisation. 
I think that's the, the, the fun line there or the thing is common sense. And unfortunately, you can't buy that. You can't get it. And most people don't use it. You know, <laughs> so that's why they need a consultant or that's why they need somebody just to have a look at what they're doing and why they're doing it that way. And the reason yeah. co common sense is built into the standards is this, these standards are risk-based standards. These are management system standards, so they're mm -hmm. about how you go about thinking about the management of the risks and opportunities associated with quality, which is um, meeting the needs of your customers, mm -hmm. safety... And, and environment. Now, because they are, they are risk-based standards, mm -hmm. then if a particular aspect is not a risk for your business, why spend any time on it? Yes. And uh, that's what I mean. It's, it's common sense. And, and often I find clients have done all this work and I've said, so why have you done that? And they say, because I thought we had to. I says, well, is, is that a risk for you? And they say, no. So... Is that no. a possibility that could happen? No. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't need to do it. But, yes. but on the other hand, over here, yep. this other thing here is a real risk for you, and yet that's pretty well under undercooked. You, yes. know, you, you need to be doing a lot more to, to manage that better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look, I, I understand what you're saying, and I can relate that to a lot of businesses with, that I've consulted to. They've, they've sort of built a uh, – almost like, say, they built a retaining wall to, to stop something happening – um, and yet, on the other side, they've left the gate wide open. <laughs> you know, they've put all their efforts into one area because somebody said, "Oh, we've got to fix that," but it wasn't as important as an, a, a, you know, another area of their business. And and that's good. That it, so that's the sort of work you you do. So tell me, take me back a little bit because the people that are listening to this, you know, um, appreciate what you're saying and doing. But also, I want to take take you back and uh, ask you, like, at what age? Did you realise that you didn't want a, um, an ordinary job or you wanted to do something different or you first thought of doing what you wanted to do? Okay, well, I, I, I didn't know really what I wanted to do, but mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to do something interesting. Right. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think I knew I wanted to do things that made an impact on the world. Mm -hmm. I was raised on a fruit orchard. Right. And... Um, so if you ever need to know how to cut apricots for drying, I reckon I can still show you, <laughs> even though it must be damn near 50 years ago since, since I uh, it. did it. Um, but I, I knew I, that that was not the life for you me. Were. Just let me ask you something. At what age was that that you really realised you didn't want to work on a farm all your life? Oh, that was certainly during my, my high school years. Okay, um, okay. I mean, my... I just know the expect. My intention was my expectation was I was going to go to university. Yep. I was going to do science, okay. science or maths or that. Good. So you you knew that you didn't want to work on a farm. You you didn't want to inherit the farm sort of thing. You wanted to do some other industry. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. Because a lot of people, even at at an older age, you know, thirties, forties, and fifties, still haven't found what they're looking for. You <laughs> know, the old like that old song says. But they a lot of people. Um, some people that we've had on the program, you know, at eight or nine, already knew what they wanted to do. You know, and others had no idea until their second or third marriage <laughs> and then they realized oh now i'm going to do it for me not for anybody else so so at that age you decided to go to uni and become like scientist is that what you in the science field yes yeah, so i during my school years mm -hmm. uh, I, I went to a uh wakery high school oh yeah by, by chance we had three teachers at the school who are interested in natural resources wildlife type stuff so we had mm -hmm. One who was heavy, heavy into uh, lizards and snakes. Yeah. <laughs> one who was heavily into plants, mm -hmm. and one into birds. Okay. And they collectively triggered a, a um, natural history club, and mm -hmm. like a field naturalist club, etc. Yep. Uh, so that got me interested in those kinds of things. I became a very keen bird watcher. So then yep. I started growing native plants in some spare land near near the uh, near our house mm -hmm. to, to attract the birds, and that got me more in, into uh, botany. So. In the end, I went to university and, and majored in in botany and zoology from an ecological perspective. Fair enough. Yeah. So but it's interesting because Wakery is on the, the River Murray and the River Murray is one of our major rivers in, in Australia. It comes through from Queensland, New South Wales and into South Australia. So it's really the main river for our country. 
and uh, unfortunately, it's the only river we have in our state. Because <laughs> for those that don't know, we are the driest state in the driest continent in the world. So we're a lot drier than the Sahara and other places where people think it's dry. South Australia is the driest state in the driest country in the world. So and that river is a lifeblood to that area. And Wakeree is a, is a city now or a town on the River Murray. And they, they do have a big reptile farm there in Wakeree, I believe, in that area in the, on the river. That's up at Renmark, yeah. or, or it used uh, to up, be. Yeah, yeah up uh, there. Uh, further up the river. Yeah, yeah up, up the river there. So you went into that sort of field. How long did you stay in that? Or, how, you know, because you've done so many other things. You know, what I want to know is, and, and I want people to listen to this about how they change occupations or they change direction or they go in a different direction, you know. Okay, so the history of my career is really taking advantage of opportunities as they came up. Mm-hmm. My decisions weren't necessarily commercial. They were more based on what I was in- interested in or what I felt I could I could mm-hmm. really do well. Right. So ha- after completing a PhD mm-hmm. in, um, in the arid zone, right. at sustainable grazing in the arid zone, mm-hmm. I was employed by CSIRO up out of Darwin to look at sustainable grazing in the, in the tropics. Right. That, I was there for 10 years and I did some interesting work in a range of things up up there, that was that was great fun actually. Mm-hmm. I'd always been involved in governance of universities as a student at the University of Adelaide, and then as a um, member of the governing council of the Darwin Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. So I applied for the position of uh, academic director at Roseworthy Agricultural College. Oh right, down here. Down here, yep. and I I was fortunate to get that. So then I moved into education, but in a in a in, a, in an agricultural, natural resources setting, yes. setting c- context. So it was kind of one foot into a new area, but one foot in a familiar area yes. as well. Yeah. And so on. And then that beca- we became part of the University of Adelaide, so then I moved into an uh, academic role rather than a management role mm-hmm. um, as associate professor and was in that role for about six years and supervised research students and taught students, etc., and then the opportunity came to, to, to leave that and go consulting, which, which I did. And mm-hmm. then I took on a series of consulting assignments. See, that's interesting because, you know, a lot of people in the past, a lot of people in the past have, you know, stayed with the same firm. Um, you know, like the old saying here, we've mentioned it before, but it's 25 years with the same firm. And if you've been there with that same firm, you end up with a gold watch and a handshake and say, thank you very much. You've been a loyal employee. And you have had the opposite effect where you've changed every couple of years. It seems like you've looked at different opportunities. And, and opportunities, you know, you use that word opportunities, but it, it's also, you know, they are there, aren't they? The opportunities come up, but you've also looked for them and, and grabbed them when they came up. Well, I, yes, I, I, I was prepared to, to embrace them when, mm-hmm. they, when they came came up. Now, I actually spent 22 years with mm-hmm. with one firm. Now the now the name of the firm changed a number yeah. of times over that over that time, and my role within that changed yes. a few times. Yeah, but within that within the stability of that one kind of employer, mm-hmm. I did a whole range of, of of different things, interesting things. Some of the pioneering work in how you how you um, uh, write the rules for counting carbon in trees. Mm-hmm. To uh, re- rehabilitating desert in Kuwait, to wow. um, uh, developing sustainability framework for the Murray Darling Basin, to all, all, yeah, all kinds, so, all so kinds the, of interesting things. So that, that's the point I was making. You don't have to, even though you work for the same firm, you don't do the same thing. You you keep changing all the time, and you keep growing and growing and doing other areas of, of the work. You know, that's why Peter, I said Peter. Let me. One of the one of the real aha moments that I had mm-hmm. was when I realised early on in my consulting career mm-hmm. that it was okay not to be fully on top of everything, and and I learned to become comfortable mm-hmm. being out of my comfort zone. Excellent. I tell you what, we're we're going to take a break and we'll come back and talk about that about pushing your limits and being uncomfortable, like you said. So thank you. We'll take a break and we'll come straight back with Dr. Martin Andrews. When you hear the name Bocelli Cafe, you think an Adelaide institution. 
a family restaurant that's been providing the finest Italian cuisine for almost two decades. Coffee of the highest quality and staff that treat you like family. Spacious, COVID-safe indoor dining and a fully heated outdoor area. The kitchen is always prepared for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Parking's a dream. Bocelli Cafe Restaurant, 81 to 83 Hutt Street, Adelaide. Call them, 8232-3006 to book. Or follow Bocelli on Facebook and Instagram. Foodland's proudly owned by South Australian families like mine. Our stores are our second home. And just like home, we want you to feel safe and looked after when you visit. Thankfully, our customers have always acted like Mighty South Aussies when shopping with us. Which, by the way, supports all the local family-owned brands who produce the essentials you find on our shelves. Great families, great locals and great food lives here. Foodland, the Mighty South Aussies, yeah! Hi, this is David Heath and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of your life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Radio Italia Uno. Sito internet www.italiauno.com.au Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram. Radio Italia Uno. You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to Radio Italia Uno and Happy Business Radio podcasted around the world. Look, please, I keep saying week after week, all the time, support the people that support us. You know, when you hear somebody advertise their product or service on Radio Italia Uno, just get in touch with us, get in touch with them. And when you're there, use their products, use their services and let them know that you heard about it on Radio Italia Uno. And of course, if you have a product or a service that you want to promote, come and talk to us. Talk to us at Radio Italia Uno anytime. Ring in, ask for Mark Aston or anybody that's there. We'll be more than happy to help you out. So give me a call, uh, get in touch with Mark or anybody at the radio station and we'd love to help you promote your product and services. Now, we are lucky enough today to have uh, Dr. Martin Andrew. Martin has been doing so many things over the years and uh, when you look at his uh, resume or his, his business cards and all the things he's been doing, you think, wow, this is a whole team of people. But, you know, Martin, I, I'm impressed with the way that you have changed regularly what you do. And although, like you said, you were working for, for quite a period of time for one company, but you never did the one thing. You know, like you, you changed and did a whole lot of things. Even when you were at the university, you changed and did a whole lot of things. And, and that, that's inspiring because a lot of people today, uh, more than ever before, are looking to do more change because in the past they were scared of change. They were scared of moving and maybe not be able to find a job or not create a job or whatever. But you look for opportunities. You saw them. They were there. You know, and, and people that I talk to in, in the building industry, they say, oh, look, you know, so many opportunities. People in the car industry, people in other industries, they all tell me there was lots of opportunities. And yet people don't recognise them or are afraid of looking for them. You know, so you had a couple of aha moments that we were talking about just before the break. So tell us more about that. Okay, so my first aha moment as a consultant probably came in, in the second year, I suppose, when I was in, in a consulting role. Mm -hmm. And that is when I, when I realised you can't be on top of everything. I mean, I'm someone who likes to be fully prepared and, and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And to have yep. it, all the I's dotted and T's crossed. Yep. But as a consultant, I had one meeting in Canberra where I was up until, I think, Four o'clock in the morning. Now I was up until two o'clock in the morning preparing for this meeting yeah. to get up then at four o'clock so I could catch the plane to go to Canberra. When I got to Canberra, I realised that nobody else had read any of the papers anyway. So, <laughs> so I could have, I could have, I could have winged it, and that would have been sufficient. Mm. And that was my aha moment. Yes. And extrapolating from that, I also learnt to take on challenges of projects where I didn't 
really quite know how we would do it, mm -hmm. but I was sufficiently confident that we could figure it out. That's the point. That's the point. I think having that confidence or that self self esteem to say I can do this, or we will we will work it out. This is the point that I, I make with a lot of people. The work that I do with with people, believe it or not, is more about they call it stress management. I call it laughter therapy. The biggest problem I have is trying to teach people such as yourself that need every T uh, crossed and every dot, you know, every I dotted. I say to them. What if it doesn't get ticked? What if it's not dotted? Does it really make a difference? Will people notice that the T hasn't got a, a cross or a dot on the I? Because aren't they looking for the information? And don't they think they put that information together? And what would happen if, can you relax a bit more about this? And if you relax to how much better would it be for you? Oh, wow, that would be great. Well, you know, who controls that? you so i'm doing a lot of this i call it laughter therapy you know just telling people to relax uh, you know and and it's so true what you just said i've been to a lot of meetings i was in a, a meeting in dubai believe it or not there was this book which was being leather leather bound you know like one of these books you do when you do your phd and you get it all prepared and you put it into the library well this was a book that was like you know a uh, 100 mil or 150 mil thick and was leather bound and, and all that sort of stuff prepared by um, Anderson's accountancy firm from London and they had did this big research for the sheik there and I went in and I said, has anybody read this? And they said, no. That none of them in the room had read that book. None of them. They said, my assistant is reading it now or my assistant has been handed and they will read it and they'll tell me what's in it. You know, none of the people there, they were all the big bosses of, of this head of companies. None of them had read it and none of them would ever read it, right? But they paid Anderson's, I think it was about $4 million to do this survey. Honestly, it was over a two or three year period that they did this survey and put it all into this big book and gave, handed it to all the directors. Not one of them had read it. And, and it's interesting you say that you, you were worried about preparing a speech or preparing it, uh, documents that nobody read anyway. <laughs> so what happened? Tell me what happened in that situation afterwards because oh, I think this well, is important. Well, what, what happened is is we simply talked through the issues we had to resolve at that meeting. Mm -hmm. I had to summarise the key points that were in the documents and the key factors influencing the decision we had to make and we, we made those decisions and moved, moved on. <laughs> um, so that would have happened anyway without you staying yeah, up all I night. Could have, I could have gone to bed at... <laughs> At ten o'clock that that evening, had a, had a, had a, had, a, had a, quite a nice sleep and, yeah. and but been a lot more refreshed when I landed in Canberra the next the next morning. So, my consulting career um, most was different from what most people do. Most people end up being a specialist in some field. Mm -hmm. If you're an engineer, perhaps a specialist is a geotechnical engineer, or a specialist is a pre-stress concrete bridge yeah. engineer, or something like that. I, in the end, chose a different route. I, I called myself a specialist generalist mm -hmm. because I kept taking on different kinds of challenges, different kinds of projects. Generally, the left-field projects that nobody else wanted to mm -hmm. touch because it wasn't their thing, you see. Right. And, um, and that's where a whole lot of fun and enjoyment Came. Came. Well, the thing is that um, you, you've worked in so many different areas. And, and like you said, you, you're like a general practitioner, but you're specialising in those areas. It's not like you're a general practitioner because you still specialise in those areas. No, I, I was a specialist in, in that I was a generalist in that mm -hmm. I could, felt I could, I could make a good fist of most things, yes. right? That, yes. that's, that's what I was specialising in. And the big change came for me was when I was outspoken about the company I was working for, their, mm -hmm. their systems and processes in Australia and New Zealand that we had to work under mm -hmm. were not very efficient and not very effective. And I was, I, I was always a fairly outspoken fellow. Mm -hmm. And Nothing the, wrong with that. <laughs> in, in the end, I, got the, I was asked if I'd like to take on the gig mm -hmm. of managing the whole system. Right. That's when I moved into quality management and, and improvement. Yes. And I took to it like a duck to water. Yep. Well, that's that's interesting you say that because, see, um, last week uh, my my wife was on here as a clinical hypnotherapist and Dana Salerno was on here and she was saying how um, there were some people there that didn't go for a promotion 
and then later on got upset that somebody else got it over them. And then uh, the next year, you know, six months later, and then, you know, somebody else got a job. And then one of the big bosses said, you know, like, you should take this job. And she finally took the job, yep, she finally took the job and went on to become very successful and, and got promoted again very quickly. And when her big, big boss from you know, came in and said, look, you know, you should have had this job two years ago. And she said, yeah, but, you know, like, she wasn't ready. And she realised that she wasn't ready. And a little bit of coaching and, and, and one, one or two uh, things with Dana helped her to get over it and then realised that she's got to stand in her own power and, and do it. So you've actually done that. You know, so that's a credit to you because you've actually, like I said, being outspoken and telling people what they're doing right or what they're doing wrong and, and how to do it. And they, then they said, well, you do it then. <laughs> Is that sort of basically what's happened? Um, I suppose I've always had, had a strong desire to, uh, to, to improve the, the world that I'm operating yeah. in, right? Um, and uh, so... That, that's that's what's driven me. It's not it's not it's not an ego thing. No, no, it's, I'm not. It's just a it's just a no. It's a, a chance to, to make things better. Yeah, but like um, you said earlier about self esteem or confidence. You know, you have confidence in yourself that you can do better or you want to do better. You know, it's like uh, Tony Robbins says. You know, a constant and never ending improvement. You know, and that, that's the sort of attitude that. A lot of people such as yourself and most of the successful people have that sort of attitude of wanting to constant and never-ending improvement because mm. if you don't, then you go, as soon as you stop, the world keeps moving ahead. You fall behind. You know, it's like technology and, you know, I've, I've fallen off the train as far as I'm concerned. The train's left, you know, and I'm left behind. And um, this evening I was asked somebody to help me with my phone so I could hear the program properly. And, <laughs> and Peter, there's a... To paraphrase an old saying, the way to stop becoming an old dog is keep learning new tricks. Yes, yes, exactly. And I, I agree with that. And that's why I'm, I'm realising how uh, I don't want to be left behind or so far behind. I mean, you know, I'm pretty good with technology. I know what can be done. I know what should be done. And I know, but I don't always know how to do it. So I say to these people, you know, show me how to do this. And they go, oh, at least I know what needs to be done, you know. But we need to take a break. And we'll come straight back after this. So thank you very much for listening and thank you. We'll come straight back. How good is Mighty Joe's? They're brilliant. Mighty Joe's is the largest fruit market in South Australia. They handle all Italian small goods. And a family business. Yeah, that's right. Four decades. Joe and Francesco, they're proud to present fresh produce from local growers and local produce markets, passing massive savings on to you and... Their service is so friendly. Tell me about the opening hours. Absolutely. They're open 7 until 7, Monday to Friday, and 7 until 5, Saturday and Sundays. And they have weekly bargains and specials, like nuts and fruit and veg, cold meats, pastas, and plenty more. And they've got a new shop. They certainly have. Mighty Joe's are now at 115 Finden Road, Woodville. Check their Facebook page, Mighty Joe's Fruit Market. I need some fruit and veg. I'm heading down right now. I'll come down with you. Yo, ciao, Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone, delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone, granito, marmo, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now, 82. Double six, double two, eight zero. Unique stone. We won't be beaten. Come on, che stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso. Have you heard of podcasts? Podcasts are like having a personal radio station that people can listen to on demand about topics they are interested in. And now, thanks to Podcast City, you can record your own podcast and have your own on-demand radio show. You can use our professional recording equipment at the studios of Radio Italia Uno or Podcast City can come to your location with our mobile studio. Podcast City can just record your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit and distribute your podcast to your audience. If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist or book a time to record your podcast, Call Radio Italia Uno on 8212377 or go to podcastcity.com.au. Podcast City, 
Podcasting the easy way. Hi, I'm Jamie Limura. I'm Lee Harrison. Join us every second Sunday night from 7pm on Negative Camber, the official motorsport show of Scuderia Ferrari Club Adelaide. Whether it's karting, supercars, MotoGP, Formula One, we talk all the latest news and results in the motorsport world. Negative Camber, every second Sunday from 7pm on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero uno. Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Peter Salerno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. And thank you so much for listening. I mean, we I, I just love doing this program, but I, I've got to say some of the messages I get back from people overseas, it seems, or around Australia, it seems like they're enjoying uh, listening to it as well. So I hope you are enjoying listening to it. And please share it with your friends, share it with your colleagues and families. We're just trying to make the world a happier place. We're trying to make people, at, at, uh, you know, th- themselves happier and, and uh, trying to encourage people to go out and look for opportunities, you know, find the opportunities because they're there. You know, all my guests, they've always said, oh, I just took the opportunity. And other people are telling me, oh, there's not much more to do. <laughs> you know, so it's really funny because when you learn you know, it's like hunting. Once you learn to hunt, then you know what you're hunting for. You know, you you know what what's coming. You know, it's like you recognise things. You start to recognise things. You start to recognise the opportunity. And I think that's what our special guest today, Dr. Martin Andrew, has done. He's been over to work hard, but work with a with wise head on your shoulders, obviously. And you've found the opportunities that you were looking for because you were looking for them and recognise what they were. Now, you were saying before how, you know, you had a couple of ha-ha moments, but then, of course, you've also mentioned how you've uh, gone to work for companies and you've improved their systems and other people recognise what you've done. And then you you went and joined a global organisation that did that. So tell us about that. Okay, so I was outspoken about my company's systems across Australia and New Zealand. This was part of a global business Mm -hmm. and... Uh, sufficiently outspoken that in the end I was offered the role of of managing those systems so, so I could actually bring about the kind of uh, improvements and changes I was talking about. Yeah. There's one thing I've got to make clear though. There's a difference between outspoken and complaining and outspoken and saying, look, why can't we do it this way or why can't we do it like that? I think that's a big difference because a lot of people, when they think the word about outspoken, they just get up and they're, they're rabble raisers, they're making noises and, and not giving any good suggestions. So that's yes, a, no, I was yeah. I was very much the latter. I was pointing yeah. out yes. h- how these could be improved. And I said when I moved into that role, I took to mm-hmm. it like a duck to water. Yep. And if I go back to my childhood, I was raised on a fruit orchard by my father who was very particular about how he grew fruit, you know, mm-hmm. Dad, if it was, if something was worth doing, it was worth doing well. Yes, and good that, old fashioned that therapy. Was, that was what I was instilled as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Dad had really good systems for how he did things around the fruit orchard, and he he produced very good quality fruit. Mm-hmm. But mind you, his his input costs were probably higher than they needed to be, so he wasn't necessarily the most profitable fruit grower around. But at least he was a very proud for a fruit grower right. because he was very proud of his. The quality. Uh, the quality. So that was the kind of, uh, that was part of my DNA, I suppose. And that's one of the, one of the backgrounds I, I brought to this job. Yeah. I kind of knew what to do mm-hmm. and and my colleagues strongly supported me because I, I just started to implement the things that, that we had all, all talked about for... For a long time. Uh, for for, for yeah. a long time. It, it, was, it was a very rewarding job. Well, it's funny because... A couple of years ago, I went to do um, a seminar for a, a local company here, which was a, a, a government sort of organisation. 
And these guys, the first thing they said to me, and I'm, I was there as a consultant and I was there as a, one of their speakers, he said, look, this is ridiculous. He said, you know, three years in a row we've come to here and three years in a row we've given them all the information and nothing's changed and it's not going to change this time. That's the attitude they had when they were there. And, and then you've, you've just mentioned the fact is my colleagues and I, we put this together because they wanted to change as well. So, you know, you've got to want to do the change, don't you? Yes. And you've got to want yes. to look at improving things instead of just looking at complaining about things. And within six months of taking on this role, I then was then introduced virtually to the um, person who headed up the global systems in this company mm-hmm. and became a part of that global quality team as well. Wow. And fairly quickly ended up having a a um, significant influence on that on on that team just just by bringing common sense practical yeah. suggestions and and some clear fresh thinking. Well that's just yeah. it. So sometimes uh, people from the outside can see things better than yeah. the people who've been there for 5 10 years. You know, they they look like almost working what we call with blinkers on. You know, you've come in as a fresh kid on the block and you know you can see from a distance what's happening so when you're there you 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 went in and implemented it so yeah yeah, yeah. it's great so with this global organization how did you help them overall i mean how how did you progress from there well the the challenges with that organization was that it was a global business Mm -hmm. But effectively, it was a run as a whole lot of little franchises because every every office manager all around the world did mm-hmm. things their way. Ah. Now, that's fine for the local clients in Adelaide, say, mm-hmm. but this company also serviced major uh, multinational businesses. And word started to get back that they didn't like it, that the reports they got out of the Glasgow office looked entirely different from the reports from the Denver office oh, right. or the Adelaide office or whatever. Yep. And it just didn't didn't gel as a as a business. And they're yep. saying we're not getting too many systems. <laughs> no, we're 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 not yeah. getting the benefit yes. of a truly global consulting company because it's 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 not acting like that. Yes. So that then was a driver from the very top to implement a global quality management system or project management yep. system, okay? And then I had a key hand in helping to shape up what that, Excellent. What that, that was. Yeah. Um, well, see, this is, this is what we're trying to encourage people to do here. By listening to this, we're trying to say, don't be afraid. Just because you're here in Adelaide or just because you're here in your own little village or in your own little town, it doesn't mean you can't have a finger in the pie of the – the global business or a bigger business or, you know, a partnership in a business or a consultancy in a business, you know. And, and I, I, you know, I've had lots of clients over the years who have uh, lived here in Adelaide and yet do business all over the world or mm. have gone to live overseas and then uh, controlled the global market, you know. There was one guy here that graduated from the university here and went on holidays to Europe, and while he was over there, he he met somebody, and they they said, "Oh, we're going to this party. We're going to a party." He said, "Come with me." So this guy went with with the to this party, and all of a sudden, he he met somebody at the party who was Oriton, you know, um, and worked with Oriton, and and he got a job. And the guy said, "Well, what do you do?" He said, "I've just graduated, blah blah blah, from Adelaide, you know." And the guy said, "Really? Well, what did you study?" And he told him he was studying accounting and and management and and stuff like that. And the guy said, "That's interesting. We're looking for somebody like that. How would you like a job?" Just bang like that, and he ended up being he became the European manager for Oriton, you know. So that was a really big move, but it just happened to be in the right place at the right time, but also open to opportunities. You know, and I think that's what you mentioned before. You you're always open for opportunities. You're always looking for uh, other things. You know, many people yeah. are in the right place at the right time, but they're not looking. Yeah, or they don't recognise that. That's a good point. Now, listen, wherever you are right now, that's the right place to be. <laughs> but you know, that that's a good point, isn't it? Yeah, that people don't recognise the opportunities around them. Other people are in, involved in buildings and, and, you know, they'll drive past a place and they'll say, that's, 
that's going to come on the market soon. I know the real estate agent that had taught me, and he said, look, I can drive around the district and I'll tell you which house is coming on the market soon. It has an energy about it, you know, <laughs> and he could pick it. You know, people who do share trading seem to know by tr looking at the company and studying the company, and they know even before some of the directors know that something's going to happen to that company by reading the reports, you know. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that you say it because they've learned how to do that. So whatever you're doing now, you can learn to do whatever you want to do. And I think that's important. And, and, and like you said, open your radar, open up to uh, opportunities and, and look for the opportunities and spot the opportunities. And, and then you, you end up doing what you did. And you've done a global uh, transformation you know, of companies um, from Adelaide. Yes, yeah. well, it, it doesn't matter where you are in, in, yeah. this, in this day and age. And especially now with computers and everything else, you can do anything you like from where you are, mm. basically. I mean, I know that people are doing Skype calls and you know Zoom calls and all these other things and doing everything through video calls and, and uh, changing the world from home. Yeah. You don't have to go out there to change the world anymore. That's what I do. Yeah, good on you. Look, we'll come back. We'll have to take a break now. We'll come straight back after this. Thank you. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with a Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, proprietary limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Italia Uno and you will receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Faruja, at Chapel Funerals on 81825100. Hi, I'm David Heath. Join me each Saturday afternoon from 2pm until 5pm with Saturday Sports Scoreboard. No matter what your sports passion, we'll be covering it during our three hours together. I'll be crossing to various sporting events, we'll chat with your favourite sports stars and we'll take your calls. Every Saturday afternoon, 2 until 5, on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. Chiama l'82 123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I mean, we're, we're having such a good time bringing this program to you and, of course, all my special guests every week. And if, like I keep saying, please let us know what you want to know. Ask us any questions you like. 
And like I keep saying week after week, and it's just so true, if I can't help you, I know who can. And that's the point. You've got to ask the questions. You've got to ask the right people. You know, there's, you know, there's no use asking uh, just a guy down the street about how to fix your car or how to uh, invest money or whatever. You've got to ask the proper investors. You've got to ask the mechanics. You've got to ask the right people. And if you don't know who the right people is, and I'm like that, I don't know. Who, I, I go to the doctor and my wife said, what did he say? I don't know. What did she say? I don't know. I say, you come with me, then you know what questions to ask. I'm not good at asking those sort of questions, but in other areas, I'm very good, you know, and, and that's what happens. If you're not sure what to ask or where, get somebody else to come with you. Make sure you ask somebody and say, what should I be asking? What should I be looking for? You know, and that's what this is all about. To be a happy in business, to be happy in life, you know, it's just not one thing. It's usually a combination of things, but it's that one thing that makes the difference. So it's the one thing. You've got to find what it is that makes you happy. And today we've, we're speaking with uh, Dr. Martin Andrews, and it's so – I mean, I'm really pleased you came in, Martin, because – this was so interesting to me, as well as I know that some of my listeners will, will love to hear the fact that you keep changing your job continuously. Although you work for the same firm or you work for the same uh, university, you, you did so many steps every few years or every six months or something, you were looking at other things to do. And that, that's a credit to you because too many people uh, sit and do the one thing only, you know. And the thing that also... You know, the fact that you had these aha moments, you recognised what it was, you moved on. You you went to this global organisation and said, hey, this is not working. We can change this to make it better. And somebody up there heard you and said, okay, make it better. <laughs> and you did. And you went, you know, you fixed up Australia New Zealand. They recognised or you were recognised for what you did and they made you, the, you know, help them out with the rest of the part around the world. Now, that is a credit because you did it from Adelaide. You did it from here, you know, and it doesn't matter where you are. You can also make changes to yourself, to your life, and whatever change you make, wherever you are, that's what it's all about. And the thing is, you know, most people at 60, 65 look at retirement, and in Australia it's usually around 65, but at that stage you were still working full-time and then the company you were working with got wound down sort of thing and you were retrenched or asked to retire. Yeah, so that that, that came from left field. Yep. Um, due, due to reorganisations and, and reprioritizations, I was retrenched. Um, and I've always had a had a kind of a, um, a fatalistic view, you know, these things happen mm-hmm. and there's no point dwelling on what, on what might have been. You focus on what the possibilities are. Yep. What, one of the things I did was to get the company director's course under my under my belt. Mm-hmm. The other thing is I I looked yep. for opportunities to utilise my um, quality type yep. skills and experience and a company was advertising for auditors. I checked them out and decided to pursue that yep. line of work. And I hadn't realised how interesting that would be <laughs> because it's a wonderful opportunity to help companies improve. Mm-hmm. I've come to now to really understand what these standards are. There's an old French proverb that says is to teach is to learn twice. Yes. Well, I think to audit is to learn twice. Oh, good. And and when you become an auditor, you really get to understand what the standards actually How they work say, and, say yeah. and mean, right? Yes, yes. And I can so see therefore that. you can help companies interpret these standards in a sensible way that makes sense for them, et cetera, et cetera. And make it worthwhile and, because a lot of people think, oh, this is going to cost us a lot and all the rest of it. But if you don't use those standards, it's going to cost you more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I do a lot of that kind of work now mm-hmm. and uh, I find it quite satisfying. There's a, there's a lot about auditing that's quite tedious mm-hmm. and mundane, but the interesting bit is when you see the, the aha moment come on in, in, in their, their eyes, even if it's a virtual eyes over Zoom. Um, that they can see, aha, yes, this actually does make sense for us, right? Yes, and saves them time and money. Yeah. This, this is a thing. A, a lot of times, that you know, even now with the safety requirements at work and, you know, in a factory or uh, industrial areas, they say, oh, look, why do I have to wear this yellow T-shirt or this yellow apron or this red hat or these glasses or whatever, you know, heavy boots or whatever. But, 
you know, if you let these guys go, honestly, they walk in with thongs on, you know, they walk in with with uh, sandals on and stuff like that, and they go into a factory and then drop something on their foot, and not only does it cost them time and money and energy and loss of production, but because this guy wouldn't wear his boots, you know. And, and the same thing with – that's on a small scale, but on a bigger scale, like I said, if you do the auditing and you do it properly and you, you can see what's happening financially, you see what's happening with the company, and it saves them a lot of money in the long run. And it, it yes. sort of – it doesn't cost that much to do it properly in the first place. The, the acronym for system means save yourself time, effort and money. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And, and a lot of people think, oh, this is going to cost me a lot of time and money, and that's all they think of. <laughs> You know, they don't think of the the benefits in the long run and the benefits for everybody else. But, look, I just want to say thank you so much for coming in. It's been really good. We've plucked out a lot of good stuff from you. And I think you've given some good advice to people as well. And the, the good thing about this is because it's on podcast, you can actually go and listen to it in, in Adelaide on Radio Italia Uno. We're on every Monday from 2 till 3 o'clock and you can hear it straight off uh, on the radio, and if not, catch us on Happy Business Radio. We have so many messages from around the world. And like I said, last week and at the beginning of this week, I've already had um, quite a few messages from the last two or three shows, but sometimes we get messages that go back, you know, from two or three months ago, and we, we're saying how much they've heard it, and uh, they sent it on. There's one guy here who sent it on to Fiji, and like I said last week, we've had a huge increase of people in Fiji because somebody sent this message to a friend in Fiji and all of a sudden everybody, I think it's the whole tribe or everybody in that clan have, have got it. And the same thing happened in New Zealand. We, we just got a big burst of people coming from New Zealand and sending me messages uh, all because somebody got it, listened to it and said, hey, you should hear it. And then everybody in the in the group seem to hear about it and send me messages. So I keep encouraging people, send me a message, ask me any question you like about our guests. If you want to know more about them, uh, let me know, ask the question. I will put you in touch with our guests. If if there's anything I can help you with, any question with, relating to business, let me know. Love to help. Thank you very much. Until next time, have a wonderful, wonderful time. And for those around Australia, happy Easter um, and the Greeks and the other religions are different times of the year. So all the best. Bye. You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. 